Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. We do this show every Monday morning from 7 to 9. Woo-hoo. So nice and early. And every Monday I have a special guest. And this week's special guest, Darcy Ricciardi. How yes. are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for coming in so early. Absolutely. You seem very awake right now. I got up at 3.30. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So <laughs> by 11, you're going to be done. So lunch is in 30 minutes. Lunch is like now. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to have some lunch <laughs> on the air. Because I feel like that makes for good radio. It's just a bunch just of chewing, chewing sounds. You know, and, like oatmeal and peanut butter. Yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. That's a whole thing on the internet. Did you know that? Like no. listening to people make those noises. Some people have very visceral reactions. Like no, I no, can't no. stand called, it. Um, no, some people really like it. There's yeah. a thing called ASMR. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's it. Actually, I listen to some of them. They calm me down. Oh, really? Yes, there's some okay. of them, but I like when people just talk softly and like they do the right. role plays about giving you like facials and stuff. Oh. But there's food chewing ones that I'm there's like, the, that, I, no. that's not for me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I prefer not to on that one. Well, good. We're already getting to know each other. Yeah. That's great. So we have a lot to talk about today. Um, you work for a media conglomerate, but that's not why you're here. No. You're here because you are in the local theater community. Mm-hmm. You're a choreographer and a dancer, Yes. Uh, a model, a number of other things. But really, I wanted to talk to you a lot about choreography. Yes. And we'll get into that. You're also working on a new life plan. I don't know how to describe it, but you're working towards a minimalist lifestyle. Yes. So what that means to you, I think people kind of get this idea that, okay, I'm going in this direction. I'm going in the tiny house direction. Or I'm going in the minimalist direction or I'm doing this particular diet and they think that it takes over the lifestyle entirely where you can just kind of pick and choose. Yes. Right. The things that you want to do. What works for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah some people yeah. are very extreme about it. And, oh, yeah. yeah. What? People are extreme about things? No, I weird. Know, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So before we get to all that, let's get to know you just a little warm up exercise right. and get to know you a little bit better and see how you feel about certain things. Mm. So we're going to do a game right now called Kicking and Screaming. Kicking and screaming? I'm sorry, kicking or screaming. Okay. <laughs> so as a dancer, I would imagine you kick quite a bit. And it's All the time. good for you. It's uh, actually a very good exercise. Mm-hmm. And so instead of when you like something or when you agree with something or you're for something, instead of saying yes or no, you're going to say kicking. And then screaming is not good. You may do that as part of the theater stuff that you do. It might be something that you do for therapy. I'm not sure. But in the case of this game, let's just say screaming is bad. Okay. Um, especially since we're on the radio and I'm sure yeah. no one wants to hear us screaming. No, no, no. There's no level checks. For and the WPRK, no one can hear you scream. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it's very much like aliens. So are you ready to go? Kicking. Great. <laughs> Kick it. No, let's not do that. Either. No. Uh, Girl Scout cookies. Kicking. Yeah. Mm, yes. You good with all? What's your favorite flavor? Um. Okay. I guess up here there's Samoas, and yep. down in um, Stewart there are the Caramel Delights. Oh, they have a different naming yes. convention. And I thought that was weird that even in the same state, there's totally different names for different cookies. Yeah. Well, you know, so they're not baked by the Girl Scouts. Like, there's not this <laughs> this factory <laughs> where the Girl Scouts go like once a year to bake. Yeah. Of like yeah. little girls making. So cookies. it's actually different companies around the U.S. So depending on where you are, they call them different things. So the company that did the Samoas may have trademarked it. So the other organizations that also bake the same thing, same recipe, same everything else do it a little bit differently. Oh, I did not know that. I have a lot of knowledge. Yeah. Girl Scout cookies comes up again later in the show. Uh, oh, okay. So get ready <laughs> for that. It's a theme. All right. Yeah. Uh, how about Generation X? Oh, goodness. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume you're a millennial. Well, okay. So okay, I don't like labels any more yeah. than apparently you do. So apparently for a while there, I wasn't considered a millennial. 
And then all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, they changed it. I was born in 86. Yeah. And yeah, now that's considered, I don't... At the beginning of it. I don't identify with that at all. But again, I don't really believe in those labels either. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like there's a lot of gray area with a lot of things. So Tons. Um, let's see. I, I, I want to say screaming just because I don't like... Labels. Labels. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Generation X sends Darcy screaming. Screaming. Got it. Got it. Screaming. Uh, LASIK eye surgery. Kicking. Yeah, you want to get it? I yes. noticed you're wearing glasses. Yes. Well, I run and I dance and I do yoga, and it'd be nice to be able to not have to worry about being able to see. Um, I for a couple of those, I think you'd be okay. Well, no, no, just one, just the uh, yoga. Yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't done yoga, but my impression is that it's not that important that I can see things. No, I mean, unless you're trying to watch someone do a movement, oh, you can watch yeah, they're, how they're you doing just it. Me. Got it. But okay. but in dance class, when the teacher is across the room, I can't see her. Mm-hmm. And then running, obviously, you won't be able to see. Okay, but it'd so be really interesting. Potential bad business idea. You know how they have the sports goggles for people who need glasses. Yes. What about dance goggles? Dance goggles, perfect. Because eye safety, anyway. Yeah. There's all you sorts never know. of stuff being kicked up. Uh, we talked a little bit about you were uh, did a couple of shows with Drip. Yeah. At oh some yeah. There's point. lots of goo Accoutrement. and juices yeah. and dirt. <laughs> Let's talk about that later, maybe off air. So moving on, colonizing Mars, kicking or screaming? Kicking. You want to go? Yes. David Bowie's there. And that is a good point. That is a good point. <laughs> he took we, everyone with him. <laughs> we do have to take his ashes there at some point. Yeah. So we'll have to go up It'd there. It'd be so great. Speaking of ash, medical marijuana. So now legal in the state. Kicking. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, and they, but they only did it for like severe. It's very, yeah. But eventually it'll go the yeah. way that California did, I think. I don't know that we'll ever get to recreational marijuana, but you never and that's know. that's fine. I, it's just been proven over and over again that is so helpful in so many conditions. So, yes, absolutely, kicking. And John Morgan is kind of hinting that he might run for governor. So if that happens, I'm sure we get... He's a great guy. He's really funny. He seems really nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I see him all the time. I don't know where. I hear his voice. I feel like constantly. I I don't know where. He's always right behind you. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Super creepy. Hey, John Morgan. (laughs) How about Snapchat? All right, kicking. But I don't have it. Oh. But I think it's hilarious. Okay. So what do you just watch over the shoulders of other people? Yeah. That's kind of, so you John Morgan it. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm the John Morgan of Snapchatters. Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to understand when they hear that at all. <laughs> so, so I know you're active on Instagram. I know you're kind of so-so on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so why no on Snapchat as of right now? I don't know. I just haven't downloaded it. It seems very complicated. There's lots of filters and things you do with it. And uh-huh. yeah, I don't know. Are you afraid of becoming addicted to it? Yeah, I yeah. am. I am because I like things like that and they're fun and I get they're totally sucked into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I could see that. All right. Zombies. Kicking. Kicking in like popular culture or kicking in real life or both? Ooh, I mean, pop culture. It's pop great. Culture, kicking. I mean, I guess it is becoming a little too saturated. I mean, zombies are like all what over do you the mean? place. <laughs> it is all over the place. In real life, though, yeah, I don't know. Screaming. That would Screaming not be fun for me. I wouldn't know. All right. So they just announced after a hundred and almost 150 years that they were closing this down. May will be the last shows. Barnum and Bailey, Ringling Brothers Circus. Now, am I responding to the fact that they're closing or to the circus? Why don't you do both? Okay. So Barnum and Bailey closing. Um, kicking. Now, I feel bad saying that because 
the performance aspects of the show are, are incredible. Sure. Um, some of the stuff they do, but obviously there's some downsides to it. Obviously with the animals and mm -hmm. everything that um, I just don't agree with that. I mean, I, I fill up two minds about all that stuff. Like when I go to zoos or to SeaWorld, the good thing is you're getting the exposure to these animals. I fell in love with orcas and dolphins by going to SeaWorld and all those places, but and you get the exposure and you enjoy the animals by watching them, but the treatment and maybe how they're living is not right. that great. And so, yeah. Yeah, there's that dichotomy, but there was a lot of controversy around uh, the circus. I think especially Barnum and Bailey, Ringling Brothers, since they were the more well-known, there yeah. were probably other organizations out there that were making them kind of look bad. So yeah. they may have gotten a little bit of the Mixed in with backlash. all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So... But they weren't great. I think also it's a it's an indication that some organizations uh, don't always take the time to change the way they should. So if you look at Cirque du Soleil, mm -hmm. has evolved over time and yes. they do different shows and they do different things to account for people's taste these days. Yes, a traveling circus doesn't really maybe have a place anymore. I mean, regardless of animal and, and animal treatment. Well, I don't know about that though. People, I mean, they were still really big into that show. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it was still doing very well. But there are I a just lot of think disappointed people. a lot of backlash with all the negative yep. connotations. Okay. Yeah. So they tested this in Pittsburgh. Uh, they're doing a little bit in San Francisco. And they just announced that they're going to be testing driverless cars here. But how do you feel about driverless Uber? Mm, I feel like I'm so old school to say screaming. Yeah. Well, how yeah. come? I don't know. I I don't trust the robots. So there's a little <laughs> bit of that, right? Like, yeah. what's the algorithm that goes into it? Yeah, all of that? I guess if it, I understood it a little bit better and saw how it was done and actually experienced one myself, but there's mm -hmm. something about it that it, there's like that lack of control. Yeah. That kind of freaks me out about it. <laughs> so the way they tested it up in Pittsburgh is they didn't have fully uh, automated cars. They had somebody in the passenger seat that's an Uber employee that could, that could take, over take over if necessary. Okay, that's and nice. And that kind of eases people into this idea. For the most part, they didn't touch anything. They just hung out. Right, yeah. Which I actually kind of want. That's not a bad job to have. No. <laughs> like, I want an Uber, but hey, I don't even have to drive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kind of here. Yeah. <laughs> And then if the robot overlords, you know, take over, I'm one of the first out. So it's like, great. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So we're still in January. How do you feel about New Year's resolutions? Ooh, screaming. Yeah. Screaming. Don't do anything for you. I tried. I'm always terrible at it. Okay. I always have the best intentions. Sure. And life happens. You know, I was trying to do yoga classes every morning. There's online videos that I watch. Every morning seems a little bit uh, ambitious. I think, I think that's maybe where I should have, like, changed my habits with that is, mm -hmm. like, not do it every morning because you do get kind of sick of that. Going from, like, not every morning to every morning, maybe I should have spread that out a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for two weeks, I was pretty good about it. <laughs> My two weeks New Year's two resolution weeks, yeah, game was, is yeah. on. I'm back to eating pizza yeah, and pasta yeah, yeah, yeah. and whatever. My year-long resolutions. Yeah, yeah. Two weeks, done. Okay. <laughs> so this is coming up. I'm always interested to see. You would Sometimes you would think the person might be the biggest sports fan and they're not. And sometimes you would think they are and they're, or they're, they're not and they are. But the Super Bowl is coming up. Screaming. I mean, yeah. I got into college football just going to UF, but mm -hmm. um, I'm not really big into pro football. Okay. So I, I couldn't care. I go so to the parties. You don't know who's playing? Falcons. Uh-huh. 
and Patriots. Nice. Oh. <laughs> See, you won that round. <laughs> Point for you. Let me write that down. Okay. Point for you. How do you feel about theme parks? Oh, kicking. Yeah. I love them. Well, and I always go back to this idea that I moved to Orlando about 20 years ago, and I want people to know Orlando is bigger than just the theme parks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it never occurred to me until I started meeting more people in the theater and performers. Like, there is a ton of opportunity for people to really learn, get their chops, and do all that from and through the theme parks. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have a new appreciation for them in that sense. Mm -hmm. I still don't go that often, but I have a new appreciation. I don't go all the time either. I don't have an annual pass, but I have friends that work. You have to know a ton of people over there. Yeah. So I never pay to get into theme parks, but I enjoy going. Humble brag. <laughs> but I enjoy going Minus when I do. One yeah. point. <laughs> Sorry. Now I'm just like <laughs> broke even. <laughs> oh, you don't know how you're doing. Um, there's other stuff. I just write down some of the points. Uh, so let me ask you this LA, LA Land, the movie came out. I think that's how you say it. How do you feel about musicals? <gasps> Kicking. Yeah. I love them. I'm such a theater dork when it comes to that. And I just love musicals. Some people, like, they hate when they're watching a movie. They're like, oh, here comes another song. And I'm like, yay. That's all I want them to be, your songs. I actually right. don't like when there's dialogue in between. Right. I'm like, I just, just keep <laughs> singing it, it up. Yeah. Just give me the, you know, the short version of this movie with just I don't really need to know the plot. I can figure it out with, yeah, the, yeah, with, with the, the songs. songs. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see La La Land? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. It looks so really cute. I, I'd be curious to get your take on it afterwards because there's, uh, without spoiling it, there's a lot fewer songs than I thought there would be in there. Because they make it seem like it's this big. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a full-on musical. Like, it's almost at the point. It walks that line of, it's possible that people just broke out into song, not because it's a musical, just because they like just to sing. Just because they like to sing. Like, right? I walk around during the day and frustrate everyone around me by singing stuff. Yeah, as you And should. so that's my life. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, let's stick with movies for a second. Uh, he, I didn't realize this was even coming out. He self-funded the movie. It, and it actually beat Triple X, new movie that just came out this past weekend, M. Night Shyamalan. His new movie came out. It was Split. Oh, uh, I... With James McAvoy. I, I did it hear about it, but I didn't really... really neat. Yeah. yeah. And so it came out this weekend, and it actually beat... Uh, what What is the guy's name? The bald guy that's in all ben the Diesel. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Who is over 50 years old, by the way. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Racing cars really keeps you young, huh? It does keep yeah. you young. That's the one thing that I've learned from growing up in Daytona and seeing all the NASCAR guys. <laughs> like, for the most part, they're in their hundreds. Yeah, like, like parrots. Yeah, They yeah, just yeah. live forever. They live forever and they look very young. So, yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, do I like him? Yeah. Kicking. Yeah. I've I've liked most of the stuff. And he had actually, a run really, of pretty bad movies, but... Yeah, he did. You know what's funny? Like, like The Village, right? Really was into that movie until the very end of it. Yeah, the twist, everyone started waiting for those. And I think that people got a little bit off on that with Unbreakable, which yes, I love. That's, that's my favorite movie. movie. That that's is my favorite such a movie. That's my favorite movie. Yeah. But everyone wanted this sort of sixth sense, like, I'm going to figure it out. No, yeah. I'm going to figure it out. And it's like, it was a great story. It yeah. was very compelling. It was well acted. It was all of that stuff. And then, yeah, some other stuff happened. That people was totally ruined Sixth Sense for me. Oh, no. Before I even saw it, my friend's mom said it. And I was like, well, uh, that's it. That's, that's it. Totally ruined you know, it for me. But you do want to watch it again just to get all of the little clues and stuff. Yeah. So, but so yeah, when I was that's... able to watch it, then I started being like, okay, what I've noticed there, what I've right. noticed it there. Yeah. Right. Oh, that stinks. Mm-hmm. And that was spoiling the fact that Bruce Willis was in the movie. Right? Yeah. I had no idea. Because he doesn't show up. Mm-mm. I'm trying to remember Sixth Sense. It was, 
I think he doesn't show up until the end, right? The very that's the, end. That's the yeah. reveal. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that the kid was Bruce Willis all along. All along. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's not remember that now. <laughs> How about comic book movies? Kicking. You know, people Any- complain about them a lot, too. People, like, everyone complains about it. Everyone on the internet's an expert now on everything. And sure. I think they're very entertaining. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're- oh, wait, the people on the internet or the movies? Both. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You internet people. Yeah. Crack me up. <laughs> well, good. Uh, so are you looking forward to anything coming out this year? Um, so we've got Wonder Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, definitely, definitely Wonder Woman and definitely Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And I'm really excited because my friend who does special effects makeup did Yondu's makeup for oh, Guardians really? of the Galaxy 2. Yeah. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. He's going to have the whole mohawk thing going yes. on this time There's around. pictures of her on Instagram, like making it on his head. And I've done um, prosthetics with her before. I was a model for her before. So yeah. I feel very like So you're excited. one step away from The Walking Dead. <clears throat> Basically. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, the other one I'm looking forward to just because of who's directing it is Thor Ragnarok. Yes. Because that Watiki guy, I can never remember his name. No. But he's hilarious. Okay. So what we do in the shadows, right? Yes. I was like, when I heard, I was like, wait, he's directing that? Like that to me was like apples and oranges maybe that's yeah. unfair but i was like wait a minute but that's exactly what thor needs right? yes like the I, well that's what made me fine, so excited but, about it. i'm like yeah. this will be a totally new spice on it yeah. let's see how this is gonna be yeah yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that uh just speaking of uh what we do in shadows did you hear i don't know if it's still gonna happen they were planning out to do a tv show about the what? about the werewolves <gasps> swearwolves <laughs> no it's gonna be called werewolves werewolves i yeah. did hear about that yeah, yeah yeah but i don't know if it's still happening so okay so. We'll find out about that later. I, I didn't realize I just put a bunch of movie stuff together. At That's one fine. False swoop. Award season. Ooh. Kicking or screaming? Kicking. Yeah. I think they're fun. I never actually get to watch them, though. I like when we have little parties and we can look at what, you know, everyone's wearing. And sometimes people are really great on stage and they're totally natural. And some people look totally uncomfortable. And most of the time I haven't seen the movies yet. So it's kind of interesting for me to, oh, what is that? I've never heard of them before or I don't know. I like them. You like the social aspect. You're waiting for the car wrecks to happen on stage. Yes. Oh, yeah. In some cases. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So let's turn to technology for a minute. Uh, drones. Hmm. That's a tough one. Kicking for the artistic aspect of things. The footage is amazing. Yes, I could watch great. that all day. I've yeah. actually did a um, dance video. A friend of mine is a photographer, and we went out to the beach, and we're doing a bunch of dance photography. Mm-hmm. And he had a drone, and he's like, hey, let's just, you just dance. Just improv dance, and I'm going to do this whole video. And it was like right on the inlet, on Ponce Inlet, and just the view of the water. And then sometimes it would like back and forth, come and back come over in. me, yeah. and he'd go down and then come back. It was really great. So nice. in that aspect, yeah. What about the privacy, the safety issues that it has? That's like we gotta figure all for that me. out. Yeah. yeah, that definitely it's such a new technology, they really have to flesh that out before mm-hmm. we can start using those just all willy nilly. <laughs> willy nilly yeah, just willy nilly drones. It's actually a new company that I'm starting right now. I'm just gonna write that down. Plus one for a good name. Very nice. Uh, how about they just announced this, the Nintendo Switch? I You have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> much of a gamer. It's really embarrassing. No, no, that's fine. Funny. That's fine. So the claim to fame for the new Nintendo system is that it's got a tablet and you can actually put the controller on oh, the sides of the tablet I and take it with you. did see that. So yes. you can keep playing on the go. You can play that's two pretty players. Great. That's pretty great. Yeah. They Kicking. have a lot to work out. 
the battery life sounds like it's going to be pretty garbagey, but you know, chances are you're not just sitting outside. You're going to be in a car or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you know what? Now you describe that to me kicking. That sounds great. Well, I'm so good at selling things. Yeah. Obviously. Arthur Nintendo, whoever the owner of the Nintendo company is, uh, if you're listening, you should hire me. Absolutely. To do your stuff. Um, The only game I can play Mm -hmm. is Mario Kart on Nintendo 64 only. Like that, I have a very small niche, specific thing that I can do. You know, I like that because you're specializing. (laughs) I'm like, that's all I can do. No, Pong? No. No. Galaga, Pac-Man? Uh-uh. Tetris. Tetris sounds pretty good. Tetris is almost not really a game, though. It's more of a, like, I'm just going to sit down and lose an hour of my time. I have a little bit of OCD, so I'm just going to, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Our third Nintendo. Second to last one. Let's go to dessert. Cobbler, kicking or screaming? Oh, kicking. Yeah. Delicious. Cobbler or pie? Pie. I make pie. Okay. And so what do you feel having made pie and having eaten cobbler? Mm -hmm. So that makes you an expert automatically in my eyes. Obviously, yeah. What do you feel like is the main difference between the two? I feel like cobbler is like someone took a pie and just kind of mashed it up. Right? Yeah. It's like deconstructed pie. <laughs> yeah. So there's not that much difference, but no. I feel like people really feel strongly for the most yeah, part. I've I had guess some, there's more crust involved. I've had the cobbler the group. I've had the pie group. Yeah. yeah. I think there is a little more crust. And there's maybe crumble on top of a cobbler. I don't know. The last question, and we're going to uh, play a song, play a little Jai Wolf coming up after this. I wanted to do something a little bit different. So there was a lot of stuff going on this weekend around the world mm-hmm. um, in terms of protests or marches or show of support for different things. So it's it's hard to put a label on it, just like we were talking mm-hmm. about labels are tough. I wanted to read this quote from Susan B. Anthony. So I was looking at stuff last night and uh, I was reading some of the signs, of course, were, were cracking me up. But, you know, the ones that were more touching, I think, really, the funny ones are great. Sure. But the ones that really dove into and kind of tried to touch on the subject a little bit more, I felt were a lot more compelling. So this is from Susan B. Anthony. Men, their rights and nothing more. Women, their rights and nothing less. So how does that make you feel? <clears throat> I'm here if you want to take a look. Yeah. At it. Their rights and nothing more. Their rights and nothing less. It sounds competitive, it, it, it but does. when you read it a couple of times, uh, you know, what it meant to me looking at it was like, there's a disparity. Yes. And you can believe that or not believe that and have all the facts in front of you to back up your claim. Yeah. But there is a disparity. There, and so there I think that's is. what it illustrates. Yeah. That there's a, there's a big difference with what men are able to do and women are able to do mm-hmm. or pay or anything. I just, and just talking about you know, the marches, I'm just so proud of everybody who went out and did mm-hmm. that. I actually thought I was getting a sinus infection, which I know like is such a lame excuse to not go, but I was miserable all weekend with allergies and I was there in spirit with everybody. But, but no, I think it, I, what you said exactly nails that on the head. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. I need more coffee. Yeah. No, no, no. So let's take a break. We're okay. going to play a song. Uh, and this is one that, uh, so we're going to talk about choreography after the break. So this is one that strikes me strikes me specifically as a dance song. Awesome. Because every time it comes on, I do have to get up and move around. We're going to talk a little bit about that and what choreography means and dancing and things like that. Coming up, Jai Wolf on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. That was a track named Indian Summer. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here with Darcy. 
Actually, in Italian, my name would be pronounced Darcy. Darcy Ricciardi. <laughs> hey, Darcy. I got that a lot when I studied abroad, actually. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for bailing me out of that one. I appreciate it. Now I, now I can't even cut it out of the podcast because now it's a funny bit. There you I go. I hope you're happy because normally I would just restart and mm. like... No, no I, I, went with I wouldn't it. do that. I'm a yes yeah. and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first time uh, I played that song for a couple of different reasons. One is it is like it gets me going every day. It's a beautiful song. And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about was choreography and your background. And so from a music perspective, you listen to music and you probably hear music a little bit differently than I do. And so when it comes to art like that, like choreography, like there's stuff I understand, like writing, uh, because I do write on a kid. I would never consider myself a writer, but I, I feel like I have an appreciation for the difficulty of a clever turn of phrase. Absolutely. Or for a book or something mm -hmm. along those lines. For music, I listen to a lot of music. I've strum a guitar before. I've seen a piano. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think I have a little bit of an appreciation for that. But stuff like choreography, architecture, these arts that I appreciate, I know what I like when I see it mm -hmm. and that move me. But I don't understand at all what goes into it. So for a song like that, you started moving around a little bit. And Jai Wolf is a uh, DJ up in New York City, but by way of Bangladesh. So you could Super hear cool. that in the music. Absolutely. You could hear, absolutely hear that inspiration in there. What would you say to some, like a complete noob about, which is me in this case. So what would you say to me, since you're on my show, all of this is making perfect sense in my head. It's just when I say it out loud, it doesn't really go anywhere. But how would you describe choreography, the art of choreography, and how to appreciate it? Goodness. Well, God, that's a big question. Sorry. It is a big question, but it, it comes from all different areas. I mean, it depends on... I've choreographed for shows where I'm kind of at the mercy of a director. So they have a certain vision that they have, and they want a specific thing. And so sometimes, like... I've barely even been able to have my own creative license with something because they're like, I want this movement in there. I want this in here. I want it to look like this. Oh, I wow. want them to end up here at this point, which is kind of fun and challenging. If Because you're, you're in a box and you have to figure out, well, how do I get that? I kind of like being, yeah. I kind of like being a MacGyver of, of things. Mm -hmm. I'm like that with food at my house. And I like that with choreography sometimes where someone's like this, this, and this go, you know, and it's like, okay, I have to use all these elements that I've been required to use. So for certain shows, musical theater shows, I've had to just be at the mercy of a piece of music that they want to use. Right. Costuming, and I would costuming imagine, is, is part of it. And also um, the ability of the of the performers I'm given, because some of them are dancers and some of them are not. Mm -hmm. And I do like the challenge of working with people who aren't dancers. It's kind of nice to see that they surprise themselves and challenge themselves a little bit. But in terms of like for my own creative release of choreography, I do. I mean, I feel like a lot of dancers start with the movement. They have a certain movement quality they want to do. Mm -hmm. Music is a big thing for me. I get really, really inspired by music. In terms of that, sometimes I just hear a piece of music and I don't know how to describe it. It just tells me how to move. And sometimes it's like, maybe this is all just like arms and you know upper body stuff and maybe this is all feet like I, I want to choreograph I don't know why sometimes this is where inspiration comes I'm in my living room and I'm just moving around and all of a sudden I'm like oh this would be really cool to do a piece where it's only first position and your hands are in your pocket and how do you make interesting movements of doing just these mm -hmm. things I know this is like an all over the 
no, place, no, like no, this answer. Is good because <laughs> I have no idea what the creative process is for something like this. But, you know, I, I think what it comes down to is it's, it's a lot like other art where you can find inspiration anywhere. Anywhere. I um, mean, and a lot, a lot of things I've involved with certain shows or certain themes. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, one time I did a spoken word piece to movement. So there was no music. It was all to something I'd actually written. Oh, okay. Um, and that was like someone had choreographed the phrase and they said, just use this phrase, these like, you know, catalog of movements doing your speech. And so I had to figure out like, cause, and you can manipulate it any way you want to. Maybe you do like the same movement twice because it works with that word to do like ba 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 and right into that next thing. And I'm um, elongating like a word because you've elongated your body and, and finding different things you can use to incorporate your movement and to express yourself. That's that's actually more challenging. I kind of like doing the framework of doing a show where someone's like, you have to do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like when there's too much micromanaging. I like when they kind of right. give me a little bit like, just go and create something. But when they're like, I really want this, like I want them to move this direction. And it kind of... It's like, what well, did you need me for? Yeah, it's like, well, then you just choreograph this yourself. I'm just basically <laughs> explaining to them how to do the movement. Right, right, yeah. right. So then the other side of that would be just complete freedom. Yes. With it. So you get to do everything from kit and caboodle. Yeah. Um, I mean, would you even want to, wouldn't you want to start with like an emotion? Like, what am I trying to try to convey? Well, funny that, you know, we're talking about this because just in the past couple of weeks, a friend of mine, Sarah and I, um, we actually have lots of pieces of music that we've always wanted to dance to. She's like, I've, I've just had these these songs that I've never been able to use in any show. And we actually might be putting together a show of just music that we like and mm -hmm. trying to find some common thread of like a, a theme for the whole piece. We haven't really nailed that down yet, like some kind of story, but it is starting off with like these pieces of music that we've just always wanted to dance to. And so it's kind of nice to think about the freedoms of doing that because I, I haven't actually done a show where it's been my thing. Mm -hmm. I've been in other people's shows and helped choreograph because some contemporary dance pieces and put my own flair into things, but like never like my own show before. So, yeah, that might be something we're doing. That sounds so, very cool. But yeah, so yeah. that that but that aspect of just like this is my own music. This is my own movement. I actually have to like start from scratch my own blank canvas and create a story here, not just like someone telling me something or trying to tack on to something else. Well, a phrase you used on uh, LinkedIn to describe some of the stuff that you've done, I think it was emotional vocabulary. Yeah. So how does that translate to dance? Because again, you know, I, I think, and I use architecture as an example because that's another one that I, I know when I like architecture, mm -hmm. I have no idea what goes into it. And when it comes to the nuances of it, I don't necessarily have an appreciation of it because I, I never studied it. I mean, you see buildings all the time. You don't necessarily see people dancing all the time unless you're in a musical. Right. Like it's a musical world. Yeah. Like you actually oh live in high school musical or that something. That would be amazing if like there was an alternate reality where everything Listen, was a musical. I feel like that's every musical theater's person's dream though. <laughs> yeah, Except, like the whole is. world is just like a musical and theater. And then you realize it's a nightmare. Like you get into a fight and then you have like, then you're standing on this precipice like, nah, da, da, da. Yeah. Um, or gang wars yeah, or snapping. Gang wars. That didn't absolutely. really come through on radio. <laughs> I was doing the full West Side Story I dance just then. Good. <laughs> Darn it. So emotional vocabulary. The way I would describe that is it's not what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So you can do a specific phrase a million different ways. You can do plie, tendu, follow through, arabesque in a very powerful way. You can do it in a very somber way. And there's just certain body language. I mean, it's it's kind of using, everyone knows body language and it's just using maybe a certain way your shoulders are or 
your stomach is or the way you're holding your head that communicates an emotion. And what about your, your face too, right? And, you know, and it's funny, I, I'm not a very technical dancer and a lot of people can tell you that, but I am a very, I'm a very emotional dancer. I like to perform along with my face. There are some people we, we say they have dance face that like their movement is beautiful, but there's nothing going on in their face. Like you have to be able right. to perform it too. So I think I do help an audience a lot because I also carry it a lot on my face, but mm. there are some people that may not be able to read it on other people very well if they're not able to mm. follow the movement quality of their body. That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. So that's an interesting way to look at it as well, because you get so much uh, from the face. And again, if I don't know what any of those movements are that you just described, yeah. guess what? I don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let me ask you about this, because another thing that I saw on your LinkedIn was uh, doing a commercial. Mm -hmm. uh, so you had. And so how did that change for you in terms of how you approached it and things like that? Because you, you, we talk about theater a lot, but a lot of people who write will write for commercials or write for advertising or do stuff that is more commercially viable, if you will. So what's interesting about that is that this was a very artistic commercial. I didn't have to make it very like mainstream. It was supposed to be very avant-garde, which is very, very fun for me. Okay. It was a company up in Atlanta and they were doing a commercial for the new color scheme of a carpet fiber company, which is super random. Right. And But they wanted to like go through each like season that they were doing by doing dance and having like that tone taking it through and then visually it, they'd have the colors incorporated mm -hmm. with it. And so it was kind of like this birth of a person into like the deep darkness. Like I was covered in dirt and on this treadmill and didn't have any like sides to it. They took all like the handles off of it. And I'm just like walking on this treadmill really slow. And it was like wind blowing at me and I'm all dirty. Like I was just born like a forest creature and like and my, that was my audition too they were like just send us a video of like you like being born and learning how to walk and it was like that was like my audition video it was it was great like, actually you know. that's what I'm gonna do for any hire I have from now on I loved it you know? I don't want a like, resume don't send me a LinkedIn just send just, me a video of you interpret being born I basically was like like a foal like a like a horse like you know yeah and um they hired me and they flew me up to Atlanta it was and I was the only dancer it was all me it was all my you know choreography and my improv and um the, I think the scariest part of it though was that they had me running on the treadmill without any railings and they literally just had this like little production assistant like sit on the ground with like the actual like part of the treadmill that runs it, uh, yeah. you know, like just pressing the buttons just on sitting on the floor. And like I would just be in full sprint with nothing to grab onto. Wow. And all I could do was just like focus. And I was like, don't fall. You know, I've never done something like this before. And I was like, oh, it'd be so embarrassing in front of like this whole crew to just eat it. Also you know? hurt. I know, but I, of course, I think more of like how embarrassing it would be oh. rather than my hurt. Like, well, during the rehearsals, I did fall. Like, I caught myself and they were like, okay, so we won't go up to that level of speed. And then like, you know, I, they got to put, they put makeup all over me. And then like at the end was very a joyous thing. So it starts off very like slow and kind of dark and scary. And then it just explodes into this like joy of color and energy and like I'm in this like beautiful dress and that was also really fun too having like hair and makeup and costume people and I'm just improv dancing like just joyously contemporary and they had someone on track just following me it was great it was awesome it was a really cool experience cool. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. so it was like super artistic it wasn't like dance for like you know I need you to dance purple <laughs> yeah yeah I need it wasn't you to dance it wasn't like that Coca-Cola and the yeah. thing is like 
the people that were running it weren't dancers, so they didn't even know how to even tell me how to do anything. They're just like, so this is the tone for this. This is what's going on. Go, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That sounds like a very fun project. It was an extremely fun project. All right. Well, let's play a song. Actually, so no, let me ask you this first. So you were talking about running and one of the songs I had queued up today was a song called 100 Yard Dash. Yeah. So it's uh, by a guy who is a modern, uh, relatively modern, last couple of years, but it sounds very retro in terms of like sort of this R&B feel, R&B sound. But it's about trying to date somebody, trying to love somebody is like being in a hundred yard dash. So that was another question I had for you is this, that sort of literal interpretation of songs, right? Like how do you balance that out with the more interpretive? Because if somebody's talking about something in the song, you don't want to necessarily just act it out, right? No, that's very, that's so boring and predictable. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Again, it's the it's the quality of movement. Like, you know, maybe if they're angry, maybe you do like a you slam your body to the ground or like a smack kind of thing, you know, and you you show the intensity with your movements and everything's really strong. If they're saying something very strong, so you're not really acting it out, but you're acting out their their intention, their tone, their gotcha. what they're uh, meaning, emotional their vocabulary. emotional. Yeah. 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 Okay. I understand mm, a little, a little bit, bit more. more. A little bit more. <laughs> I feel like I describe things very vague and kind of no, that's hippy good. dippy, I guess. No, no, no. So we'll <laughs> dig into it a little bit more. Why don't we, uh, let's do this because we're coming up at the top of the hour. So it's been wonderful talking to you, but we have a lot of other stuff to yes. get to. And I do want to talk a little bit more about choreography. Great. But let's play the song. Why don't we play the song and then come back and talk about it a little bit from a choreography point of view. We'll have some commercials and then we've got bad business ideas, which I know you're super psyched about. We've got a <laughs> quiz. We still have to get to minimalism. A lot to discuss with Darcy Ricciardi. And so thank you very much for being here. Yes. You're listening to a certain degree. This is Rafael Sadiq with a 100-yard dash on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. In general, what did you think about that song from a choreography point of view? <clears throat> um, I mean, I can almost find movement in any piece of music. Sure. That would definitely be a little group piece that everyone kind of jamming out, mm -hmm. walking all like... A little jazzy, a little jazzy, a little, yeah. yeah, kind of posy and and just a lot of fun and some improv and some lifts and everything. This sounds like a fun fun piece. All right, so <laughs> we're gonna do that. Why don't we just go ahead and practice it during the next break? You wanna do the dirty dancing lift? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah, do you're it. gonna lift me. Yeah. This will be great. Yeah, just keep I've your body up. I've always wanted yeah. <laughs> keep my body up and also lose 150 pounds. <laughs> Because I, I don't know that I haven't described you. If you want to go to Instagram, if you want to go to Twitter and all that. So I've got some pictures up uh, of you because I think that'll actually get people to listen. Pictures of me, not so much. <laughs> what I feel like is every time I post a picture of myself, I lose people. No. <laughs> yeah. So that happens quite often. But you're a very slight person. You probably almost got blown away by the winds we had uh, yesterday. So I'm hoping <laughs> yes. everybody was safe. I think almost everybody was, but uh, I don't think you're going to lift me anytime soon. I don't know. It would be fun strong. to try. I'm pretty strong. All right. We're going to try it. I do a lot of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right. So let's play another song and then we're going to do some commercials and come back in the next hour. What would you like to hear? Something more electronic, something more. Hmm. This is a little bit different for me because I'm like, I want to hear how you would interpret the song. So I want to play it. And if you need a suggestion, I can give you a suggestion. Yeah, what do you got over there on that list? You know, actually, let's play this. We're going to play some Anne Brune uh, featuring Wendy McNeil. Uh, this is a song called Common Bird. So Ooh. this one, you really have to listen to the lyrics okay. because they're very, they're meaningful for me 
And I think they're they're very interesting, um, and they might go along with some of the stuff that was going on this weekend. Oh, great! So something to uh, to think about there. So this is Ann Brune featuring Wendy McNeil with Common Bird on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Redditat on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida, with 17 years on WPRK, Winter Park. Did I already say that? <laughs> oh. We're just talking about forgetting things in the shower, like the order of doing things in the shower. And then you get to the point where stuff becomes second nature. You're Mm -hmm. saying it all the time and then you forget what you say. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. (laughs) My special guest this week is Darcy Ricciardi. Thank you, Darcy, for being here. Ah, thank you. half over. Can you believe it? How did that happen? It's a very easy show to do. Yeah. If you'd like to listen to any of the show that you may have missed today or past shows, you can go to a certain, oh man, this is really hard to say. You can go to a website called toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O. I should make things easier for people, but I just don't. Now, if I, listen, if I don't make things easier for myself, why would I make things easier for other people? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Darcy is here. We're talking a little bit about choreography. So there was a couple of good songs. I like that Rat-A-Tat track. That's another one, just like Jai Wolf from Last Hour that mm-hmm. gets me going. But what did you think about the Common Bird song uh, that we finished up the last hour? I mean, on? first of all, that was a beautiful piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I just absolutely saw that as a duet, and it could be two women, or a man and a woman, or two men. That was absolutely perfect for what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. That piece. When was that written? Uh, a few years ago. It's from her duets album, Anne Brune's duets album. And I'm sorry, I didn't oh, necessarily mention that. So Anne Brune with such a Common Bird. So she did. That was. Good call on your part. She did. Uh, every song was with a different a artist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. it was perfect. Uh, oh, it looks like it's from 2011, oh, as a wow, matter of okay. fact. Yeah. So. And I wouldn't necessarily like have it. So it's like this person dances when this person sings and this person. It's just, it was right. be a partnership of, of some sort. Are you asking like what I thought of the song or what I thought of it choreographically? Uh, both. Okay. I really think that every woman who's going through should listen to that song right now. Who's like dealing with. The people who are having all the issues with all the politics. Well, the emotional kind of trying to accept everything. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I could go into all of that, but I don't know if we should really go into all the politics right now. Let's not. It's a very divisive thing. Yeah, it is. So I'm still trying to find out and figure out emotionally how to deal with that. So I think that one thing that might be interesting is, you know, sometimes when you're frustrated or sometimes when you're sad, and I know I do this, is I like to listen, not necessarily wallow. But I, lo- I need to have that cathartic moment. Yep. So I need to just listen to some music mm-hmm. that I know in the past has, you know, hit me Evoked in a particular way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is sort of that a song like that might help. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I did listen to like the themes of like communication, too, in that. Right. You know, the, the listening to other people. I find that sometimes it helps me to try, 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 try as much as I don't agree with it to listen to another side. Of something mm-hmm. and also you know just talking about like you know you're fighting with this person but you don't talk with that person just there's always that divide because i don't feel like people like want to connect with anybody right everyone wants to live in their own little bubble this is what they believe and they don't really right. even want to like understand and reach out to understand why someone feels a certain way and though you may not agree with it figuring out like how you can come to some kind of common ground on something i think it's uh, you know it's that sense of well, I want to be right. Yes. So all I can do is see things in black and white. Yeah. And I think that's not only very dangerous, it's very frustrating. Yes. And I think that's what was so, whether you agree or not, it was inspirational this past weekend mm-hmm. because you saw people coming together 
in a common uh, cause. Yes. Yeah. And so that was, again, you can agree with it, you can not agree with it, however you want to describe the people who did that. Exercising our freedoms to be able Mm -hmm. to go and do that. And then um, also the message in that song too, like being a common person, but also still have being able to have a voice that you do have a voice. Absolutely. That everyone has a voice. You may not feel like you are someone special, but everyone has that voice. All right. Well, now that we talked about something super deep and important, yes. uh, let's go into my little bubble where only I have a voice. But Darcy, you'll have a voice at the end of this because what you're going to do, I'm going to, so this is bad business ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set you up with two choices of two awful, awful business ideas. And you have to choose one. You have to say, Nick, this one is much better than the other one. Got Seems it. simple, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then the hard part kicks in. Because by being here on the show, I don't know if I really spelled this out, but it's somewhere on the website. So you should have really done your research and due diligence. Uh, you actually have to run this business. Okay. You have to run with it. You have to take it Done. from start to finish. Cool. You know, you seem like you're accepting of this. It takes a lot of time and effort <laughs> okay. and you're not going to get paid anything. Darcy, may I call you Darcy? Yes. Great. We're in a basement right this very second. True or false? True. Good. You're with me so far. I love this. <laughs> This would be a perfect start to a zombie movie, right? Like we'd come out, everything would seem okay. Mm -hmm. As far as we know, there's tons of listeners out. As far as we know, there's three (laughs) listeners out there. (laughs) So we go outside. It's eerily quiet, but we don't really know. It's like we're just hanging out. It's early in the morning still. So maybe nobody's around. People are shuffling in the distance. You know, normally this would be at night, right? Like this classic zombie trope. Uh, Two people are making out maybe by Knowles Chapel, the church that we walk by. Yep. They're not really making out, but we don't know, you know, given their privacy, they might be wanting to make out by a church. That's a thing, I think. (laughs) My point is, when it comes to the zombie apocalypse, if you see a zombie, it's already too late. You're probably kind of host. And I get it. I know what you're thinking. Even though the people in the zombie movies and the TV universes and all that have seemed to have never seen a zombie movie in their lives. Right. It never seems like something it that's like makes known. me so angry. Mm-hmm. It's like they live in this alternate universe where zombie movies wouldn't have even come up. Come on, guys. We know what to do at this point, right? Like we would run and we'd hit and head, hit the head. And, you right. know, there might be slow moving zombies. There might be fast moving zombies. Right, right. We know what to do in either situation. Don't get their blood on you. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. That's probably true. And it's probably a lot easier than we think to survive. But frankly, it looks exhausting like i don't want to run a bunch i don't want to have to board up a wall or it's like a terrible fever oh my god like hammers and all of these things i don't have time for that i'm sure a lot of other people don't have time for that and that's where this new business comes in we're going to develop a subscription-based app for your phone that keeps track of not the zombies but like weird outbreaks right like there's precursors just like in the movie tropes there's precursors to zombie outbreaks Oh, weird. Everybody in California is getting oddly ill. Or, hey, a bunch of people on Twitter are posting that they got bit by people. That's weird. So we're looking for this. We have an algorithm going. It scans police frequencies. It looks for hospital communications and cross-references it all with Twitter and social media. Because now we have that. Now we can Mm -hmm. get to it much faster. Mm -hmm. And it basically has a Z-score, if you will. So the higher is the Z-score the more likely a zombie outbreak is about to happen. Got it. And you can set it. So my comfort level with my Z-score is this. Maybe a little comfort level. Maybe you want to get out of here as soon as possible. Our app, Cut and Run, does all the work. Oh, oh. Right? Like, okay, so the score is going up, but you don't have to do anything. What Cut and Run does is go ahead and, like, it gets to your score, whatever that is, and it calls for three Ubers for you. <gasps> oh. Because 
you don't want just one Uber because what if the guy got chewed on? Right. Or what oh, if yeah. the woman got bit mm-hmm. or got yeah. some blood on her? So three, you check them out. Who's the least chewed on? And they drive you to the local safe uh, area. What's the local safe area? Well, that's where we come in again. Cut and run. We'll go ahead and scan the area for like, oh, where are some private islands that we can rent? Where are some, what if there's no islands around? What if there's a fort that just closed down that we can buy? Because who cares if we're putting this on our credit cards? Because the world is about to collapse. Exactly. Right? So you're not near an island. You can go to a closed prison, tactically isolated building. It's going to do all of this for you. And guess what else it's going to do? Because we're doing this ahead of time before everything collapses, we're going to get on Amazon Prime and get you three months worth of food. Perfect. A generator, whatever you need to be comfortable there. You can, you know, kind of set that up beforehand. Again, who cares if it's 14 grand because everything is going to go to H-E double hockey sticks in a moment anyway. So if the zombie apocalypse happens, credit card doesn't matter. So pay. it's like zombie insurance. Yeah. Basically. But it's ahead of time. Yeah. Well, I love that. Okay. Yeah. And we could even do like helicopters. Like it doesn't have to be Uber. Why not go in style? Like the world's about to collapse. It's kind of like an all-inclusive resort, basically. (laughs) Everything's all handled for you. Like um, so, that part is very yeah, yeah. You know, just everything's just that. That leads to this. Leads to this. It's all set for you. I love that idea. Okay, idea one, cut and run. You ready? Any questions about that before we switch over to second idea? No, we're thoughts. good. Okay, because I did have some additional thoughts about it, but I'll leave that for later. When you were a kid, how'd you feel about medicine? I hated it. Oh, hated it. Yeah. Like I would sit there with the stuff in front of me and just stare mm-hmm. at it for an hour. Oh, just, who thought that cherry was a good flavor? I and I couldn't swallow the pills, mm-hmm. so I had to take the liquids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you know, you talk to the kids who like taking the medicine. I was like, I'm I'm unfriending you on whatever version <laughs> of social media we have, which is the playground where I'm going to kick you. (laughs) No, I wasn't violent. I just never trusted those kids. And it looks like people in general don't like taking their medicine. So chilling stats, and that actually kind of back me up on people hating medicine, 50% of patients in the developed world don't take their medicine as prescribed. In the U.S., that costs the healthcare system over $100 billion annually. Because if you don't take all your antibiotics, you get sick again, you come back in. All of this is costing money. Statistics are even worse in the developing world. So I was doing some research on what potential, because I like to fix things. I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. I'm a fixer-upper, I think is how I describe myself when it comes to dating and things like that. <laughs> I just put myself on the real estate sites. That's a thing, right? Yeah, real estate sure. dating sites? Yeah. Hmm, that's my being holy right there down, down is a bad business <laughs> idea. Great. Uh, so one company worked on a pill that you swallow one pill, and what it does is once it gets to your stomach, it actually expands so you can't digest it. So it turns into like a starfish. Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm using, <laughs> my hands are really far <laughs> yeah, apart. It's like, it's like this big. Wow, okay, okay. So you can't fully right. digest it. And then over <laughs> seven to 10 days, it shoots out or spits out the medicine somehow. Okay. That freaks me out too. Like, I don't want something that's gonna, like, what if it expands in the wrong place? Yeah. I don't care for that. Mm-hmm. What if uh, the medic- medication delivery system could be easier? And easier to remember, because that's the big thing, right? Like, I got oh, to take this one food. I got to yeah. do this. And what if it was also stylish? I think you know where I'm going with this. Ooh. Do you know where I'm going with this? No. Go for it. Oh, well, <laughs> noise you made. Medicine, an especially designed line of clothes that gets into our body through osmosis. Fashion meets prescription. Chic meets a- antibiotic. 
Does a rhyme, but I was trying there. So you can get your meds in a number of different styles. Let's say mm-hmm. you're taking some antibiotics because you're sick or you don't want to take a flu shot. And we get into your system over time. You could literally wear your heart medication on your sleeve. So a blood thinner blouse, if you will. Don't like getting shots? How about a flu shoe? It would have medication, not the actual flu in it. Yeah. But that's another thing that we can think about. Uh, so I was trying to come up with some names for it uh, and maybe some of the products. We've got pill pants, antidote coat, Ooh. vaccine jeans. But what I liked about it, um, I wanted to come up with something edgy because it's obviously a fashion line. Sure. So I, I called it Time Bomb <laughs> because of bomb. Uh, and so a tagline could be no taste of your own medicine, uh, or, or take a vacation from your vaccination so you can have a cessation of frustration and under medication. (laughs) That last one's a little wordy. It's, I really like alliteration. Yeah. I love alliteration. Okay. So we've got time bomb. You have two, these amazing plates of food are in front of you. You've got two meals, two hearty, odd meals in front of you. Kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Maybe well, not. I don't know. Yeah, One I'll, could lead to the other. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure people start over-medicating yeah. and that's how the zombie outbreak yeah. <laughs> comes about because of our clothes. So, time bomb or cut and run? I like cut and run. Okay, so you full-on zombie. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So what you're going to have to figure out is what happens if, you know, somebody, it's not actually a zombie outbreak and somebody gets charged like, you know, $2 million for all the stuff that they're getting. So that's up to you. Good luck with that. I mean, you just write a disclaimer that they're not responsible for it. That we're not responsible. I yeah, like we're not that. responsible for yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Like, as sorry. long as I'm completely not responsible for it, but I make money off of it once it's successful. Because I feel like Darcy... You're the perfect person for this. Oh, I, I absolutely think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, you know, from a commercial point of view, you can come up with some good I taglines. I have different, uh, different tiers of, of things that yeah, you do with true. it, like where you stay, certain yeah. Ubers that you get, foods. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. Okay. So let's listen to a song. We're going to, uh, <laughs> this is appropriate with a zombie choice. Charles Bradley, The World is Going Up in Flames. Awesome. WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Darcy Richardi's here. Hello. Hey, Darcy. Hello. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. For putting up with me. <laughs> uh, Darcy, one of the things that we talked about, I want to get back into choreography. I want to talk to you a little bit about your college background. I've got a pop culture quiz yes. for you as well. So that's coming up. But I wanted to get into it because I'm fascinated by this idea of minimalism. Mm-hmm. But first, I wanted to ask you something as sort of a, a lead into that. So you were doing something on Instagram Back in December, it was the Funko figure uh, yes. of the day thing. So you hashtag it. Uh, and you have a lot of those things, right? <laughs> yeah. So I was researching it. And I'm like, that just looks like a cool place to work, right? Yeah. But there's only really two aspects of it that are cool. It's picking the the who they're going to do and like yes. what pose. And, mm-hmm. and the other is getting a bunch of free stuff because obviously it'd be nice to have all that. Yeah. If they called you right now and they said, come up. You're going to pick characters for us to give the pop treatment. It's in Everett, Washington. I did some research. What would you say? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Kicking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for that. So I looked up some of the jobs at Funko and I couldn't find that one. Couldn't find the choosing the character. That's the one I'd want. Right. Here are the jobs that were available. Fulfillment supervisor. Hmm. Uh, That's awful. It sounds awful. 
Uh, senior full stack engineer. Now, what? I know, I understand all of those words, just not in that order. No, I what don't is know what that is. Full stack? Is that what, yeah, I, what does that probably mean? something, you know. Full stack. Development people coordinator. Nope. Mm. I looked it up specifically because I'm like, oh, maybe that's the secret code for yeah. the character. No, yeah, it's you, like an HR job. Mm. I don't want to do that. What a, what a way to phrase that, a people coordinator. Right, yeah. <laughs> people coordinator. You make people go from there to, the, I don't know. Uh, and then they had the 3D rendering designer and the 3D sculpture, sculptor. And I'm like, oh, that kind of sounds a little bit more like it, but I have neither nope. one of those skills. No, no, not at so all. I'd be totally I, useless. They don't post that job. I did a little digging. I did a little research. I called them. They were closed because I was doing this last <laughs> night. So I did a little more research. This may have been a fever dream or it may be actually how they do this. But it is about paying your dues, right? It is working your way up the ladder at Funko. You can't just go in and, oh, I want to do uh, this guy. And the, yeah. And Run this the place. Yeah. yeah. You have to become what is known in the industry, in the Funko industry, as a vinyl whisperer. Sounds weird, but mm. you have to think like a bobblehead and move like a bobblehead and become a bobblehead. Guess where you have to start? Where? The eyeballs. So eyes, we talked about it earlier. You know, you're a dancer, choreographer. You convey a lot through your eyes. The eyes are arguably one of the most important elements of the Funko Pop figure. Now, most of the time round, most of the time black, not always, not always on either one. Sometimes eyelashes. Sometimes. Occasionally eyelids. Occasionally. Right. Your first test at Funko, if you want to be the vinyl whisperer, is to look up close-ups at hundreds of characters, and you have to tell, you have to know who they are just from their eyes. So that's the first start. So seems reasonable so far. Okay. What do you think is next? Hmm. Right, eyebrows. <laughs> it completely changes the look potentially, right? Like you could go from. So uh, wait, it was just eyes. Just eyes. So not even eyebrows involved in that first no, section. No, 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 that first say So Just eyebrows. Oh, wait, wait, wait till you hear what you have to do with these two little lines, right? This whole emotional state, the fragility of the character. You have to actually go live in a temple in Japan for two years and just learn brush strokes. Because there's so many different ways to convey every single emotion. And think about all the different emotions. There's anger. There's... Anger. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, nervousness. So there's two that are apparently really difficult. This is what usually takes the most time for people to learn is loss and gassy. The reason for that is because they're very close, <laughs> very close together. In any case, there are other steps. You have to wear a scale replica head for two months to learn what it is to be a pop figure. And so that's how you become the vinyl whisperer. What? Is that something you still are, in, are interested um, in? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> So putting that aside for a second, I, I think where I wanted to go with that is minimalism, right? Yes. You were talking a little bit about in, in discussing this part of the show, you want to have experiences. Experiences are more important than things mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. But what do you do? Because we've been saturated and, you know, we've been sort of brought up in this world where having an artifact of something is important, too. So you can show whether you call it geek cred I almost said Greek cred, but obviously I have well, a lot yeah. of that. Uh, or, you know, you want to remember a certain thing. Or you want to honor a specific thing in your life that happened. And so Funko Pop figures, I think, do that for people. Yeah. Right? Like, this is my favorite character from this, and I want, yes. to, I want to remember that. Absolutely. So how do you balance that? Well, first of all, how do you approach minimalism? And then how do you balance that stuff out? Like, how do you maybe get rid of some of those? Oh, you know, 
it is really tough. Like I had to go through and get rid of like really nice messages. People send me and notes and thank you cards and everything. Those are things that are really hard because I used to like to go through and read them. But so how I approach minimalism and I, this is kind of ridiculous, but it's kind of true. When I was cleaning my house, I have really bad allergies and I was really tired of having stuff that had dust all over it. We have oh, okay. too much stuff around here. It's too hard to clean. And then it really makes you really resentful of all these things that you don't really use or need. And there were so many things around the house. It's like, I never use this. Why do I have this? What is this? Why is this doing here? Mm-hmm. And you just start going through and just getting rid of the stuff that you just never use. Did you have a goal? Like there was a certain number of things or was it just, no, and a lot just of the people, stuff I don't use? A lot of people do have that that goal. Like there, there's one of my friends posted, she's like, on January 1st, you get rid of one thing. On January 2nd, you get rid of two things. On January 3rd, you get rid of three things. And it's like, you just keep going. And every day you get rid of more stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just more of like, as I'm inspired to go through something, maybe I open a cabinet, this cabinet's a mess. Let me go through all this stuff and then organize it. It's like, this stuff I never use. And it just, you just make that decision. Like I'm giving this away. I'm selling this at a garage sale. And you just, you just have to be just cutthroat about it. It's really difficult. But in terms of like keeping things, don't get rid of stuff that does bring you joy. Not to get into that whole like Japanese minimalist, you know, where they say, if you have a thing and bring you value. Like it's kind of, it's very funny that you brought up the pot figures because that is one of those things that I'm like, I kind of laugh at myself because I'm, really into getting real little stuff, but then I have like 50 pop figures, mm-hmm. you know, like what good does that do? But they, they do, they, they do bring, bring me joy. joy. Yeah, they yeah. represent something for me. Um, and we all, you know, I only get the ones that like, I really like the, the way that they did like a certain character. Yeah. Like, so I'm not going to get all, not automatically getting, no, all, I'm not the, getting all of yeah. the Game of Thrones just because I'm a Game of Thrones fans. I just get, oh, they did a really good brawn that looks like brawn mm-hmm. that I really like that version of Daenerys, you know, and things like books, like keep them. That's such a nice, like, you know, some people like were freaking out about, you know, I don't want to get rid of this. I don't want to get rid of this. You don't have to get rid of everything. Right. It's, it's all up to you. Just look around at everything you have and what's superfluous. What do you need? What don't you need? Like really think about it. We got rid of all of our CDs. Everything's easy digital one to get rid now. Of. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, but you keep them forever because you like the album art or, you know. Well, just in case. Yeah, what if all the case. computers yeah, go exactly. down? It's but like, again, if that You ha- can find it again. It's if fine. If the zombie yeah. apocalypse yeah. is happening. <laughs> yeah. I, the last thing you're going to be concerned about is your music collection. Right. Yeah. And just the, there is an emotional release. I know it's really, really hard when you first start out of getting rid of everything. Like, if, especially if there's things that you like have moved a bunch of times and you just keep taking this one article with you all the time. You've never used it. You never have it out. It's always stuck in a box somewhere, but you just, you've just kept it with you. You just always move it around with you, even though it's never used or featured at all. Mm-hmm. That's stuff that you should really consider do I really need this thing? It's just this thing that I keep moving with me. The emotional release of getting rid of stuff and not being surrounded by so much stuff feels so good. It feels so good to just like feel clean and not claustrophobic with all this stuff that doesn't really mean anything. And then, you know, I I do like to kind of think like if there was a fire, like what would I grab? You know, and just starting to think about things like that and not holding so much value over these like little things that you buy, but actually going out and experience something, travel, um, go out to dinner more, try different foods more, like spend your money on more experiences and new things that you can actually talk about and enjoy with people than this material thing that you're going to enjoy for a couple of days, maybe. And then, then it just sits there. Well, I think that's the struggle for me with books, right? Like, so yes, I, I, I can read a book, I can put it down, I can get everything that I'm going to get out of it at that moment, but then I might pick it up again later. Yeah. So I'm wondering if for that, like you talked about going digital with CDs, 
And I don't like reading on a Kindle. I don't no. like reading on a tablet. No, me neither. But the idea of not having to store those books and not having them get dusty. I can't loan them, but maybe there's something else that I could do with them that's a little more uh, compelling. Like donate them to the library. Yep. So I've been trying to go to the library more and not buy books as often. Yeah. It's it's very difficult. I mean, yeah. we have a bunch of books at our house. We have an entire wall of just a bookshelf of just books, comic books, graphic novels, everything. If those things are important to you, though, and you do like to pick them back up and read them again, then keep them. Mm-hmm. If that's something that's of value to you, then keep it. Like we were saying, everything's an extreme. You know, the the two guys, the minimalist guys in the documentary, they both have like nothing in their houses. Yeah, the guys. That, so this is a yeah. Netflix documentary. Yes. I watched the the TED Talk of yeah, these two guys. The minimalists. Like, that's what they call themselves. The minimalists. Yeah. Com, yep. And these guys even admit they're like we're the extreme. You know, we this is all I have when I pack. This is all I bring. You know, it's like that's just how it was for them. But they sell people. It's like don't don't feel like you have to be a minimalist by living like we do. Mm-hmm. Just up to your own standards. Just get rid of this, the clutter. Just get rid of the junk. Get rid of stuff. And only keep though it's important to you. And it's all up to your own... Priorities. Priorities, yeah. yeah. I think what's interesting is uh, in business, there's this idea that there's an opportunity cost. So if you do one thing or you invest in one thing, then you can't do something else. So there's not only the cost of doing that thing, but there's the cost of not doing the other things. So, right. Uh, it, it really lends itself to that. So, yeah, you can buy this thing or you can have this experience. So yeah. it's a very, you know, very easy interpretation of mm-hmm. it. I think where it becomes a little more difficult for me or, you know, one, sorry, not difficult, but one thing that I've learned is like having cabinets full of things and I have no idea what are in there. Yeah. Because I don't remember stuff. Like yes. I don't remember how many batteries Ooh, I have. Yeah. I don't remember mm-hmm. what's in the junk drawer. Yes. So actually getting rid of all that yes. stuff. And organizing it in such a way that, like, I'm almost thinking every two months or so, mm-hmm. I'll go through a drawer. Yes. Just so I can remember what's in there. Mm-hmm. I can be like, oh, I could I could use this right now. Yeah. I forgot I had these things that I wanted to hang up and I just found this stuff. And then let me go ahead and do that. Or just buying it when you need it. Like, I'm also going through this with spices, right? <laughs> like, I'm starting to learn how to cook a little bit. Yeah. But I don't want to buy a bunch of spices. I don't know why this has become you know, my Waterloo for whatever reason, but (laughs) I do not want multiple things of spices. I want to be able to use, maybe this is a bad business idea, this much salt. Just a little, yeah. And I don't want a box of salt somewhere. Salt maybe, because I use salt all the time. Yeah, yeah, paprika. Paprika, I'm not using, yeah. Or I feel obligated. Are you making deviled eggs every day? Like what's going on? Or I feel obligated to use paprika and everything. Frosted flakes with paprika. (laughs) This is great. Gross. In my coffee. Mm, spicy. That's funny that you feel that way about them. That's something that I would be like, I always want the spices just so I, ha- I but I like cooking and I bake and stuff. So yeah. I always like having those things. So I don't. Well, so if you use it on a day to day basis. Yeah. The yeah. convenience of just having. And I think that's where a lot of people have some issues. Like, well, what if I need this thing? What if I need this thing? What if, then just buy it Go when you it. need it. Yeah. Go get it. Amazon will deliver it in two hours. Yeah. Just calm down. Everything's right here. We live in this, you know, first world. It's all right there. Yeah. If you can get it, you can get it. The organization thing, that's the thing that also did inspire me. It was like, I would go through things and be like, I can't find this thing. I don't know where right. I put this thing. I had to shove it in some drawer because this drawer is full of stuff. And I couldn't fit it in there, even though that'd be the most convenient place to put. So like slowly we've gone through everything where it's like, I open this drawer. I know exactly what's in this drawer. Everything's placed exactly where it needs to be. I know exactly where to find a marker, you know, or this something. And so that's really, really got a lot of my inspiration too. Not just like the cleaning and not wanting dust all over everything. Yeah. I really was just so tired of being like, where do I find this one thing? I don't know where I put it. Everything should, I open a drawer. Everything should be where it needs to be. Everything needs a function. Everything I need to know 
where it is, how to find it, that is, I'm using it. And even if you have the storage, even if you have the storage available to yeah. you and you're not spending extra money on a storage unit, you're spending extra money on a storage unit, something's really wrong. But <laughs> even if you have the storage, there's still this emotional cost. I had a tub, one of those storage containers of old wires. I have that. I still need to go through I, that. Why yeah. do why? I have these? Yeah. Like no there's idea. no situation. What if you need this random cable for something? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to need those. No, but <laughs> no. And um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of keeping lots of stuff like that for whatever reason and just you get so used to it being there and also the space too people think because you have all storage space you must use all this storage space and you don't yeah you don't you don't, you don't have to oh i'm totally they fine actually, with having a cabinet with yeah, one thing one in thing it. in it and they actually did this um study of the people that lived in this house and they did a little like heat seeking of like where they were and it's like they have this whole house at the den and living room and a family room and a kitchen and bedrooms and no one ever uses other rooms. They only use the living room, the kitchen, and their bedrooms. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. People think in that, but they fill up all those other rooms. There's all this furniture and all this stuff, and they don't even use those rooms. And what's the point? I do want to go tiny house as well. I, I don't necessarily like the chemical toilet idea. Like, I don't, I'm not going to move the tiny house. I want the tiny house to be in one place. Yeah. And then I'm good. I mean, I live in a tiny apartment, and that's actually also why it's inspired us to get rid of so much stuff mm -hmm. because we're just, crowded with everything and do we really need all this no we live in this space it's just fine for what it is so quickly to sum up we're gonna we're gonna play some songs or play a song and then come back and talk a little bit more about dancing and some other things but just to reiterate your plan is set fire to your house yeah and then whatever you carry out whatever you can carry out that's the most that's important it. stuff to you cats yep <laughs> and then don't ever buy anything else. Yeah, that's and it. just have experience yeah. with your cats mm -hmm. because you're homeless at that point, yeah. and the cats are coming with you everywhere. Great, I think that's an perfect. You know, that's you a compelling, set it up for me. Thank you. It's a compelling approach. Yeah. The, well, and so I will be serious for a second. The chilling stat, I think, and I, I don't know how real this is, but the, you know, this is coming from guys who dub themselves the minimalists. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to sell you their books and their podcasts and all that stuff. But the stat, which is, I'm not sure if it's true or not. The average household has 300,000 items. Wow. I, no thank you. Like, I want 100 things maybe. Yeah. Maybe that should be the goal is right? 100 things. It should be. I remember I helped a friend move and he really only had 100 things and it was so easy to help him move. <laughs> so automatically that yeah. becomes a better yeah, friend. Yeah, like, wow, I will always yeah, help because, you move. <laughs> well, because the friends that... And I really hate those friends who like you come over that day and they're not even done packing. They're not even done. They're still. And they're, those are the worst friends. I've been that person before. I so, okay. Bad. You're the worst friend. I did it once. Once. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you learned, which is good. Yes. So you're an okay friend. All right. Let's come back. We'll do a pop quiz. We'll talk about dancing. We'll talk about going to college at the University of Florida. Go Gators. Darcy has done that. Uh, you're listening to a certain degree. Let's uh, play some Ben Harper with Show Me a Little Shame. I don't know where I'm coming up with these songs. I don't know why I I'm picking ben them. Harper. But uh, yeah, that might go with the theme from the last couple of days as well. Sure. On WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. I'm almost never going to talk over somebody playing the organ. No. That's my favorite <laughs> instrument by far. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was, of course... Ben Harper and his band at the time, The Innocent Criminals. I think they're back together now, which is good. Yeah, he did a couple of other side projects. Yep. He did some solo work. Um, the uh, Restless something or other, I didn't really care for that. It was a little too rock and roll for me. I definitely like his more funky Actually, kind of I stuff. I do kind of remember that, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I like, I like more of that. Show Me a Little Shame from Burn to Shine. So good times had by all. Uh, my guest today, Darcy, we only have like a little bit of time left. There's a lot to talk so about. So sad. So let's run through it really quick. Okay. But let's start with a pop culture and current events quiz. Okay. Because I want to make sure not only you're keeping up on what's going on in the world, but all of the listeners okay. are as well. Fail and, with me, everybody. Fail uh, with me. We've got a bit of a food theme uh, this morning. I didn't really intend for Is this food? to happen. Food. <gasps> okay. So these are food-related questions. Okay. Went to the doctor last week, and let's just say 2016 wasn't kind. <laughs> so I'm going to try to eat a little bit healthier. Thinking about this weekend, we had a number of different marches around the U.S., around the world. Uh, Seattle Food Bank was on the route of the Women's March in Seattle this past weekend. They had to close early because of the crowds. And so could only serve about 250, the 500 they usually work with on a Saturday. Uh, now they kept the doors open, letting marchers use the restrooms, handing out water. How did participants repay them? Was it A, they by donating $10,000, B, by donating the most clever of their signs, because there were a lot of very clever signs out this weekend, or C, by donating, uh, donating umbrellas since it's Seattle? <laughs> uh, umbrellas. <laughs> umbrellas. No, it was actually the $10,000. So I was going to say $10,000, but the umbrellas is just too Yeah, funny. that is funny. Uh, the food bank, you know, just happened to be open that That's day. That's incredible. And then, yeah, so I love they, they were that. They opened their wallets uh, while they were on this march, so that was very cool. That's uh, awesome. Girl Scout cookie season is in full swing. We talked a little bit about it earlier. You are for them. Did you hear about the new flavor they added this year? No. S'mores, and actually two different ways. <gasps> So there's a chocolate-covered graham cracker with marshmallow flavoring, and then they've got like a, um, a sandwich uh, uh, cookie as well. Ooh. So the marshmallow and the chocolate is in the Ooh. middle, if I understand that correctly. Why is this a big deal for this edition of the Girl Scout cookie? Was it because, A, it's the first new flavor since 1955, B, it's uh, their only GMO, genetically modified organism-free product, or C, every pack comes with a small campfire to get the super tasty, realistic feel to it. <laughs> the A? <laughs> uh, it is not. So actually, 2015 was the last time they added a couple oh. of new flavors. So that was Raw Raw Raisins. Surprisingly, no, that's not around anymore because raisin cookies. And they did add two gluten-free cookies at the time, Toffee really? Tastic and Trios. I had Trios. no idea. Yeah, so let's just do a moment of silence for raisin cookies. I'm just kidding. It's raisin cookies. Who's eating that? I do a moment of silence for my pop culture-ness today. All right. Um, but it was interesting <laughs> because I didn't realize in doing in, in reading about it, uh, this GMO thing is like up there with it's, vaccines in terms of controversy. So it's, yeah, it's GMO-free. It's their only GMO-free product. I'm impressed. I would, that was, I did not think that. Okay. It depends on how you look at it. So a lot of the testing done obviously says that there's no difference between GMO and non-GMO. And then a lot of people say, no, mm, well, kids yeah. with allergies, kids mm -hmm. with sensitivities. It, and it was interesting. I, I was reading a, a, a something from Dr. Allison Bernstein. She's a neuroscientist. So I'm not really sure how that kind of plays into GMO. But uh, her quote was, you're attacking them because their junk food isn't healthy. They're cookies. Let them be cookies. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Sticking with food. One more time. Okay. Rural Wisconsin. Okay. Are you with me so far? I'm setting a scene. Mm -hmm. An icy road. One morning last week, local residents, surprised, they wake up to find candy covering the road. That helps traction, which is okay. interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, but not just any candy, thousands and thousands of red Skittles, just red Skittles. They're missing the S. There's no S on the side. 
but still, you know, you can smell it like it's skittly, mm-hmm. I think is how you would pronounce skittly. it. Skittly. Yeah. Why were they there? Was it A, they're testing a new way to salt icy roads? Was it B, it was a marketing ploy by Skittles. Other colors will be showing up elsewhere. So you might drive down I-4 one day and there's a bunch of green Skittles on the ground. Or C, it was a truck accident and they were transporting the candy to a cow farm as feed for the cows. Marketing ploy? <laughs> you know, I wish it was. It's actually a cheap feed for what? cattle. Yeah, I was hoping not. That's really disappointing. So it provides cheap carbs for the cattle. They've been doing this for a while where um, <sighs> they buy, the farmers will buy uh, stuff uh, like rejects from the candy makers and bakeries. This is a practice going back decades, but it picked up steam in 2012 because of corn prices. So corn prices were yeah. surging. They couldn't get enough corn for their cattle, so it was a cheaper way to keep everything fed. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so uh, the quote from John Waller, he's an animal science professor at the University of Ten- Tennessee. So take away with it what you will. It makes me really want to consider vegetarianism. I think it's a viable diet. And this is uh, Dr. Waller. It keeps fat material from going out in the landfill. So that's good. And it's a good way to get nutrients in these cattle. I'm not sure what he thinks nutrients are. The alternative would put the candy in a landfill somewhere. So, what's better? Or, alternately, there's still Skittles. I mean, what is the... I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> just fattens them up. I don't like that. It's not okay, good for them. Okay, so let's go, let's go to something a little bit happier. You're going to get diabetes. Uh, let's go local. <laughs> not for long, because, I mean, you know where these guys are going, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet meat. Oh. 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 <laughs> Writing that down, bad business idea number 27 today. <laughs> Sweet meat. I'm full of them. Actually, now that I think about that, out of context, we're not going to do that. Orlando has a lot of celebrations coming up, which is not a celebration that's actually going to happen. A celebration of Harry Potter, A, B, the 2017 Star Wars celebration, or C, the Alternative Facts celebration. Which one is not happening in Orlando? I'm assuming the alternative facts. Yeah, that's happening in D.C. for the most part. So it's the 40th anniversary of Star Wars A New Hope. So their celebration Orlando celebration. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, the Star Wars celebration is coming back to uh, Orlando from April 13th through the 16th. Just for anybody out there, episode two, Attack of the Clones, it's the 15th anniversary of that. Mm. Yeah. And then they just announced some of the people who'd be showing up for a celebration of Harry Potter, which is at the end of this month at Universal Studios, awesome. of course. The guy who played Lucius Malfoy, Warwick Davis, who played a couple of different people mm-hmm. in that. Such a good guy. And yes. a lot of Star Wars stuff, too. Mm-hmm. He might just hang out till April here. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Matthew Lewis. I don't know if anybody, if there's any Neville Longbottom fans out there. Oh, yes. uh, I know lots of people who are. Yeah. 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 He's, uh, I was like the, what is the meme where it shows the before and after and then the owls at the end (laughs) with the, the the owls super ripped. That was, that was good. You did good. Uh, You got one right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so great. One out of four. Yeah. I'm so awesome. You're batting 250, which would get you a job in the minor leagues. (laughs) It's so terrible. We did really good today. Oh, this we is did, sad, but this yeah. is great. Yeah, this is sad, but this is great. I, <laughs> I'm going to put that as the, when I'm looking for a new guest. Well, one guest described it as sad and great. So you're going to want to come on. So if you missed any of the show today, 
Darcy Ricciardi was fantastic. Thank you so much for uh, being here. Love you, man. Thanks. And yeah, we'll have to have you back because there's a bunch of stuff I wanted to talk to you about. I would about love that. That'd be that great. I didn't even have a chance to. Let's do it. <sighs> okay. Sweet so meat. So many things. Sweet meat. Let's see if that's available. <laughs> I'm actually not going to look that up while I work. <laughs> Sweetmeat.com. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. Uh, have a great day.